Yeah. So I went on, I guess, to have, um, like I said, three amazing children by three very different men. And so I would add the label of slut to that as well because uh, society tends to really look down on women who have children from different parts. You know, what's wrong with you? Couldn't you stay with one man? Mm. And um, unfortunately that is a real bias that we that we come up against as women, you know. And yet the thing was I had three children by three different men mainly because I didn't know, I didn't have a strategy for how to love myself how to set the bar of what was acceptable in love, behaviour, intimacy. Mm. You know, I had what I learned when I was seven, eight, nine, ten years old, yeah. So <clears throat> I think going from that sort of life of where sex has been the my measure of worth Right up to probably I was about, gosh, maybe even 35, 36 years old, even after I'd had my two daughters, I still had this belief so deep within me that the only way I was going to get ahead in life and survive was if I could use sex to do it. And yet, I was doing everything in my power to protect my, I had two daughters by that stage, to protect them from repeating my cycle, you know. And that all that did, to be honest, was create this, this internal conflict that ended up having me um, committed to a psych ward because I would uh, often overdose on sleeping tablets, anything to make the days go quicker. My two girls, for a good couple of years there, when they were quite young in primary school, would actually get themselves up and off to school because mum was too busy passing out in bed. And I just didn't move. So I was uh, I was put into a psych institution to get help with that. And I think I was on the back end of that you know, it's those memories of uh, a friend of mine bringing my daughters to the psych institute to visit me, and I remember so vividly, Adam, looking at them across the table and wanting to talk to them, and all I could feel was the drool coming down my my mouth. I was that drugged up because of my mental state. Wow. And it was at that point, I really feel like that was a turning point for me that no one was going to save me. No one was going to save me. And so I, I remember thinking, well, to save my girls, I had to save this girl first. Mm. That's what had to happen. Yeah. So I think... Uh, and, I mean, at that time, I was actually in a same-sex relationship as well because uh, <laughs> there's so many twists and turns in this uh, tale of Ali. Uh, my second partner, he was a, uh, a youth minister at, at a church in Australia here. And, you know, that was one of the paths I went down. But maybe if I give my life to God 
and be around church people, maybe that will save me. Isn't that what they preach? You know, if you give your life to God, you'll be saved. And I went there looking for safety and to be saved. And uh, and that partner who I had my second daughter with, um, that did not go as planned either. And, uh, you know, my, my sexual past turned into a sexual fantasy for him. It's what he wanted me to live out for him so that it worked for him. So I really wasn't getting saved there either. And I made the decision against probably uh, more popular belief where you stay together for the kids. No. No. There's got to be more to life. Isn't that, isn't that fascinating? You know, because the because the the campaign that the you know the International Women's Day have been doing is obviously break the bias, and you know, listening to all this stuff, you're you it's all bias. You know, it's all like this is that's I'm, I'm I'm speechless. It's like a big I'm actually bias. speechless. Which it's is a bias like, buffet, Adam. It really is. Buffet. Uh, yeah, so the um, because he was so big in the church, when I decided to leave him, to leave the marriage, because it was not a good marriage, um, and I went into a same-sex relationship from that, again, seeking that safety, seeking to be saved. Mm. And I thought maybe if I'm with a woman, hey, that sounds like a plan. Let's give that a go. However, because I did that, the church um, actually came down quite hard on me and uh, used to do quite terrible things, used to egg our house and um, really yell out quite nasty things in the main streets and in the shopping centres and things like that. So I actually sued the church, believe it or not. Wow. And uh, I was the first person in Australia to successfully sue a religious organisation. So that's an interesting story all on its own. Um, yeah, so as a result of that, uh, I now was a single mother, two beautiful young daughters, and I'm drooling in a psych institute. And that's when I started really looking into what made me tick. And... Yeah, I just went on a quest, I guess, because what I realised, and it's become more and more apparent as I've got older, is that the labels we take on externally, that's what we paint ourselves with and that's what we use to set our bar of what we're capable of. And I, there was something in me that said you are capable of so much more. And yet you won't go further than the bar that has been set for you by society, by the world around you. Your identity. Yeah. Mm. And I, I call it the um, I call it the victim default setting. Ugh. You know, have you ever had that experience, Adam, where yes. if someone learns that you've, you know, been a victim of something automatically their expectations of you lowers. Yes. Now, I'm not saying that to put anyone else down or or anything like that. It's simply a fact that people will expect less of you 
if you have been a victim of something, mm. you know? And, and so then we start applauding people for doing things that we wouldn't necessarily applaud someone else who hadn't been affected by something. You know, no. it's, like also, it's really interesting because I had this conversation the other day, but with a perspective of, well, is that then, you know, because a lot of people don't know they're narcissistic, you know, um, that their neurology is not in the right place to understand the behavior. So when they see the victim, you know, so when they come across somebody that's in a victim um, mentality, they... It's immediate prey. So, you know, so it's one from one person to another person to another person having the same kind of experience. It's um, because you have the ability. So you have on one side the person with the identity of this is my lot in life and somebody with the identity of you're here to do my bidding in any way, shape or form. And you're crazy for thinking anything different. No, you didn't do that. You didn't think that. And I was like, wow. So, but actually, it's quite amazing how both parties can be blissfully unaware. Exactly. That's the thing. So it's like, so you've got two parties being, you know, wronged, but they don't think it's wrong. They don't think it's wrong. And also, I think another layer to that is that they don't, um, they don't want to always see that they may have a part to play in it as well. 